Snowfall Truth Bomb. Thank you for tuning in. I hope you're all doing well. This is going to be a uh, sad. This is a uh, this is a rough day for the world of comedy today. The unfollowable, the once in a lifetime, the greatest to ever do it, the icon, one above all, the one only Mitzi Shore, founder of the Comedy Store has passed away. Uh, this day has been coming for a long time. It is a very weird feeling to have right now. You know, it's like, you know she's been sick for so long and she's had to be in so much pain and So in that sense, I'm happy that the pain is over. I'm happy that she's no longer going through it all. So in that sense, you know, it's good to see it's over. But man, what she's done for me and what she's done for all those who have walked through that those doors of the Mecca of comedy, the greatest comedy club on the planet... is unrefutable. It's undeniable. She's the best to ever do it. My thoughts and prayers go out to Polly, Scotty, Petey, all of them, all the shores, Sandy, all the people who uh, all of her kids, all of her family, all of that, man. Just 100% devastating. When I came to Los Angeles in like 99, 2000, I was uh, I was a bar comic. I was a very in-your-face, take no prisoners, risk it all kind of crazy, multi-layer, well-crafted dick joke comedian. I'd never really played comedy clubs. I played one before, you know, I played the, I played the, um, the Riviera, um, Steve Sharippa had, Steve Sharippa was booking it, you know, him from the Sopranos. He was booking it. He, and he booked me in the dirty show and then he later on asked me to open for Nick DiPaolo and that was the only time I'd ever done comedy two weeks in the comedy club that's it everything else was straight bars so I come to the comedy come to LA I start playing all these clubs and I'm moving quick I get picked up at every single club within a year I get picked up the Laugh Factory first then the improv, and after like six tries, five tries, I'd say, Mitzi Shore finally picks me up. We talked about the other day on the tinfoil hat. Duncan and, and Maz Jabrani call me up, and they're like, hey, we think we can get you into the store. Here's what we got to do. 
you have to, um, we're going to get you and she wants to do an Arab show. She wants to do it before, a year before 9-11. She's like, Arabs are going to need a voice. So she puts together an Arab show. She has Majibrani, who's Persian. She, and one night she basically auditions myself, uh, Ahmed Ahmed, Aaron Cater. So she, she calls me. So I get a call from Dunk. He goes, are you Middle East? And I go, I'm Armenian. He goes, close enough. Close enough. He goes, here's the key to getting in. Here are the keys to comedy. To getting picked up by Mitzi Shore. Do one joke about your ethnic group. Do one joke about your one of your parents. And then do your favorite joke. And as I said yesterday, I did a joke about my mom uh, being Armenian, going to the beach. Then I did a joke about uh, my mom power walking. And then I did a bit about Asians on ecstasy, which Joey Diaz loved. So he told me to do it. So I did it. I walk up to Mitzi and she says to me, she goes, hey, are you? So here's another, here's something I didn't talk about. I talked about this before on other podcasts. So when you showcase for Mitzi, people would... Comics would try to get her ear because they couldn't get spots. So they called that hijacking your showcase. So they would sit down and talk to her and she wouldn't pay attention to you. It was very hard. So the key was to get somebody that you love to sit next to her so she would pay attention. So I go up on stage and I got in standing O's from crowds uh, during my showcase. I got one standing O and she goes, she thought I was a crazy person. So... I go to do stamp on stage. I look out and who's there is uh, Paul Mooney is sitting next to her. And I'm like, ah, there goes my pot. There goes my showcase. Well, Paul Mooney had seen me earlier, like a, a month earlier at, a, at the Hustler Cafe, which was hosted by the, uh, hosted by a guy named Johnny Montagna. Johnny Montagna. Right, Johnny. Johnny uh, was this guy who I was convinced on coke. He was an actor, but he had this huge show at the Hustler Cafe. And I'd gone up and I talked about how hard it was to be a white guy in LA, I mean, in America. And so I got off stage and, and, and Paul, Paul Mooney comes up to me, he goes, oh, homie, you ain't white. You're an Armenian, you're a Boom, drops the M-word on me. Hard R, too. Hard. Hard R. R, R. So, but it turns out that he likes me. I didn't know that. He likes me. And he sat down next to Mitzi, and he goes, Oh, Mitzi. Oh, Mitzi. You gotta pick this kid up. He's really funny. He's really funny. So she... So I walk up to her after, and she goes, good job, Sam. Are you Syrian? And at the time, I didn't know what Syrian was. I had no clue what Syrian was. So basically I go, yeah, Mitzi, I'm Syrian. She goes, okay, good. Because I want you to be in this, uh, I want you to showcase again at, at uh, Jay Davis's Jay Davis's um, 
big rock and roll show he had in the main room because Jay had had the number one comedy show for a very long time called Dublin's. Dublin's was huge. Dublin's was the biggest, greatest show I've ever seen in my life. So Dublin's, so the clubs wanted a piece of the action, so they gave Jay his own shows. Jay's now a booker at the Laugh Factory. He's doing a great job. So Jay gets a, a night, a Thursday night at the Comedy Store, and this is before they were doing uh, big shows in the main room on the weeks. They've kind of not, they've let that room be be empty. I mean, you think of how it's sold out every night. When I got picked up there, it was only going Friday, Saturdays, and Mondays. All the rest of the week, it was closed. So she gives Jay Davis a Thursday night. Now this, now, which was huge. So here's how cool Maz Jabrani is. Myself, Ahmed Ahmed, Aaron Cater, and Maz are supposed to go up in front of her. Maz is already regular. But Maz wants to try to get Brett Ernst in, so Maz hides. So they have no comics there. The only guy hanging out was Brett Ernst. So so they go, hey, Mitzi, we can't find Maz. Can we put up Brett Ernst? He's like, put him up. Brett goes up, has this great bit about roller skating. Crushes. So that night, a Metamed, a Metamed, a Metamed, Aaron Cater, myself, and Brett Ernst all become regulars on the same exact day. So what would happen from there is uh, she goes, okay, you're a regular. You're really funny, but I want you to work the door too. So I was a regular and I was a door guy at the same time. The next day I get a call from Duncan Trussell. She goes, Sam, Mitzi really likes you. She's gonna do something she's only done one other time in her life. And that is, she's gonna make your first paid regular spot a main room spot. She'd never done that. The only other person she'd ever done that with is who, Roseanne Barr. So I go up and I follow Charles Fleischer. And I didn't know who Charles Fleischer was at that time. Some of you guys might not know who he is. He was the guy who voiced, did the voiceover of Roger Rabbit, very eclectic comedian. Uh, as I'm a little older, I understand how he operated. As a younger guy, I didn't like it. I thought it was uh, egotistical, but now as an older guy, I, I understand his thinking. I'm not saying it's right, but I understand it. So he goes up there and he does about 30 minutes, all crowd work. I go up on stage and dude, I didn't realize following Charles Fleischer at that time was so hard. And I bomb. I bomb for 15 minutes. My worst nightmare is coming. But that night, I learned something. I get, I get in the moment, I talk about how bad I'm bombing, which is the whole thing of the comedy store, which is being in the moment, right? Come here, Pollyanna. So I bomb for 15 minutes. I'm like, well, so much for ever being part of this comedy club. I get a call the next day. Mitzi wants you to go up again. And that's when I knew Mitzi Shore was different. That's when I knew that she was a different kind of booker. Because it wasn't about the laughs. It was like how you get the laughs. And to this day, this is still how I operated. So for the next two years, I only worked the door for about six more months. But for the next year, year and a half, two years, I have to follow every monster at the comedy store. Okay? Well, let me, before I get into that, I want to talk about this. So I go to Montreal. 
I get picked up in Montreal. I don't even know what Montreal is. I don't even know what it is. I've never heard, come here, Pollyanna. I never even heard, I don't, I mean, they're like, hey, you gonna go to Montreal? I didn't even know. I go up and I showcase and I annihilate. I annihilate because I tapped into something that I didn't know, I, I, that I own now. I know it, I own it, I can crush with it. It's my style. I didn't know what that was. And I remember this casting director said to me a long time ago, or this agent, she was like, when you get, when you understand that and how to hone that and how to tap into that, that's when you're gonna be undeniable. So I tapped into something I didn't really understand and I really didn't get. And I was like, oh man, okay. So I go and I, 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 um, I, I uh, go to Montreal and uh, they have me closing out the show because I killed so hard. And they had me following a guy named Corey Holcomb, who at the time, even then, I thought I was doing comedy for like 15 fucking years. This was 20 years ago almost. And he annihilates. I go up on stage and I bomb. I mean, I bomb, dude. I bombed so bad. I don't even. I don't even want to. See. I sat in my my hotel room with the lights off for the next whole night and day. I never wanted ever to do comedy again. I come back home. I am walking dead. Nobody knows me. Nobody's talking to me. Word on the street is I bombed so bad, and it's just like it's over. The only person that would give me stage time was Mitzi Shore. She was the only one who showed me any love at that time. Any love. I bombed. I bombed. And she was the only one. So she put me on stage. I was a dead man walking at the time. I had nothing. I just, I just stayed at the store. It just became my house to the store. My house to the store. My house to the store. For the next year and a half, Mitzi Shore has me follow every monster that went to the comedy store. I literally either was following Joe Rogan, Eddie, Eddie, um, Eddie Griffin, or Andrew Dice Clay. And Dice would, f would find my name on the list and bump me for a year. And I'm not even lying because he wasn't doing the road as much. So he's bumping me for a year, every night, doing an hour, and I had to find it, and I had to go through it, because that's what Mitzi thought. It wasn't about the, the laugh, it was about, it was about going through it. You know, every great success followed a thousand failures. A thousand failures. She was the only one, man, and I, I you know, and as my uh, and as as my career just crashes, my drinking and my drug abuse gets starts to go bad, and I uh, I get lost. I, I drink so hard, so hard. On New Year's Eve, I walk a thousand. I mean, I walk literally about 300 people. 300 people get up and go. I bombed so hard. Oh, you know, 
And then I, uh, you know, she tells me I'm banned for two days. It's the first and only time I ever got banned from a comedy club. But she gave me spots the next week and I was back at it. I got sober. And then, uh, you know, and it's just, it's always been the place that, and then she always took care of me. She'd come see me in La Jolla doing stand-up. She loved me. She'd laugh in the back. Oh, you were good tonight. Oh, man. It was a different time, man. I mean, think of all the amazing people that have gone through that comedy club that she took care of. Did she piss a lot of people off? Yeah. That's how it is, man. When you're an opinionated person, when you have thoughts, okay, you're going to piss people off. She didn't care. She didn't care if you were an agent. There's so many famous stories. There's a famous story about Jim Brewer, who's a wonderful comedian. This is nothing against him, but I remember he had called up to, uh, to talk to Mitzi, and he was like, he wanted to get stage time. He's like, hey, I'm Jim Brewer. I'm on Saturday Night Live. I'd love to play your club. And she's like, I don't give a fuck what show you're on. Hangs up on him. And that was the comedy store, man. She had a great sense of, um, she had a great sense of authenticity. But at the same time, she made a couple mistakes, you know. Like she let a couple guys run wild there. And they helped drive the club into a dark time, you know like uh, Carlos Mencia and Eddie Griffin, these guys would do, do an hour and a half, two hours. It's like, uh, you know, you know? But she created the greatest room in the history of comedy and that room is the original room. That room humbles everybody. Nobody's better than the original room, you know? Nobody's better than the original room. That thing, I've seen everybody eat it. Mitch Hedberg, Daniel Tosh, Dave Attell. The list goes on. Now, full full, full uh, disclosure, all respect. The only person I've ever seen walk in there that I'd never seen do it before and crush that room was Sarah Silverman. That's just the truth. She walked up and just murdered, and she followed John Caparillo at that time. So yeah, man, I mean, just think of the people that she had picked up and like what amazing things they're doing now. She picked me up. I helped get uh, Al Magical, Steve Byrne, Brian Callen, Ian Edwards, Sarah Tiana. She... Who else did I get in? Dub Davidoff. You know, she gave me Sebastian. We used to meet me and Sebastian and Brett Ernst and Maz Jabrani would all go down La Jolla together and do that. We'd headline all together, man. And we were on Caparillo was in there and um, Steve Renazizi, Ari Shafir, Steve Simone. What a crazy fuck. She picked up so many people. Eleanor Kerrigan was a waitress there. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. If you did, now here's a very interesting story about Mitzi. If 
if you complained about following somebody, she would have you follow them all the time. I'm old school. I never complain about who I got to follow. Joey Diaz, Rick Ingram, the fucking dudes, you know? Joey Diaz has put me in holes, dog. Holes, deep holes. But I had to follow him because that's what the order was. Right? Caparillo, man, that guy he was a murderer. A murderer, man. Murderer. And it's sad that we all fight with each other now. Sad, you know, real sad, you know. The whole Carlos Mencia, Joe Rogan thing, that thing was played wrong, you know. But it's hard, dude. This is like really devastating, man. This is crushing. It's so hard, man. You know, because I remember getting, when I got picked up like in 99 or 2000, I think it was 2000. She was, um, she basically said, no, man, was it 88, 98 I came here? Fuck, I'm old. She said that. Because they were telling me that, you know, enjoy Mitzi while you can. She's going to be, uh, she's not going to be with us much longer. And that, that lady lasted 20 more years, man. You know, and it's a lot of pain, dude. A lot of pain. A lot of pain. But that great generation of comedians, dude. And that whole aura, that whole era, it's just gone. Just gone. Great comedian. She'd put up great comics that the industry just wouldn't even enjoy anymore. That wouldn't even sniff. Brian Holtzman. If you don't know a Holtzman, who Holtzman is, you have to come to the comedy store and stay late night and see Brian Holtzman, with I consider probably one of the greatest comics to do comedy. He just, no one will ever get him. And that's comedy, dude. So interesting. Comedy's so interesting. You know? It's very, it, it's very interesting the fact that just because somebody, just because somebody is, um, just because somebody's getting more accolades, getting more love, does not mean that they're funnier than you. It just means that style of comedy connects with a bigger base. There are guys that only a few people love who are fucking brilliant. Can't get shit going. Show why Mitzi was still alive. Comedy chaos last night. And the energy was really off. It was a sold out show. Packed. Energy was crazy. And uh, it was just a weird energy in there. You could sense it. And Dana just kept saying, this is off. This energy is off. It's not, there's something, something going on. And, uh, yeah, yeah, that was it, dude. That was it. Oh, man. What a crazy day, dude. What a crazy day. What a sad day. What a historic day. Icons like this don't come around very often 
and uh, the fact that they are uh, she's no longer with us is ins is insane. Uh, I am uh, honored that uh, Mitzi passed me. I am honored that she loves me. Um, up, Pollyanna, that she loved me. I'm honored that we did the last show at the main room while she was still with us. Ah, oh, man, it's gonna be a hard day, man. Hard day. Older you get, the more heroes you lose. Thoughts and prayers go to Shore family. R.I.P. Mitzi Shore. I love you.